Hi guys, and welcome back to Tales from Wisteria Lane, the podcast where we give you a fair view of all things Desperate Housewives. I'm Joel. I'm Billy Ray. And today we will be discussing Season 4, Episode 16, The Gun Song, the penultimate episode of Season 4. Oh yeah, penultimate peril. Like, can you believe it's been nearly two years since we've started this podcast? Not really, but I have to and, make my peace with that. And we're at the end of Season 4, it's crazy. Also, when we started this season, it was the start of a massive pandemic, and we have only just caught coronavirus. Yeah, right. <laughs> this entire time, me and B have managed to avoid the whole thing, and then this week, bam, we got it. But um, um, those jabs, they work wonders, because we barely had any of the symptoms, to be honest. They were everything, guys. Get out and get your jabs if you haven't already, and well done to those that already have. Yeah, but we survived, so we, we can carry on with this show. We did. So, as per usual, we will be splitting it. So I am doing the overview of the episode, and B is giving us his trivia, fun facts, all of that jazz. So B, what have you got? So this episode was written by Bob Daly and Matt Berry, and it was directed by Bethany Rooney, and it first aired on the 18th of May 2008. The title comes from the musical Assassins by Stephen Sondheim, and this episode marks the last appearance of Rachel Fox as Kayla Scarvo for the entire series. It really does. Like, later on in the episode where Tom's like, I'm going to come visit you all the time, I was like, well that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, she never makes a return, I think that's a shame. She never makes a return, and she's also never mentioned again. Nope. Like, at all. Like, nobody mentions Kayla ever again. The international titles were The Gun Song for Hebrew, Spanish and Greek, Some Distances for French and French-Canadian, Names in German, which I think is appropriate, and The Name is an Omen in Hungarian, which I also think is appropriate. I think that's appropriate. Names and their meanings are quite a big theme in this episode. Mm -hmm. Did you do our names? Yes, I did. So, according to the biblical meaning, Joel is he that wills or commands. <laughs> and the Hebrew is Jehovah is God. The biblical prophet Joel wrote the book of Joel, and that's from SheKnows.com. Damn, I've got a book? <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> it's a religious one. Oh, hey, book's a book. <laughs> How many books have you read? <laughs> <laughs> now, according to babynames.com, it's primarily Hebrew origin that means the Lord of God, so similar. Yeah, yeah. The question is, what did Urban Dictionary say about me? <laughs> Well, it's all quite long and complimentary. <gasps> An amazing human who is very kind and handsome. He is there when you need him and he is very laid back. You can count on him to keep promises when you're down and he can make you smile. He can be quite annoying sometimes, but his humour and love can make up for it. He's loyal and believes that personality is what makes a person truly beautiful. He's quite and shy at first, but once you get to know him, you learn that he is quite funny oblivious, and he is quite dumb at times. Overall, he is a good person to have in your life, and if you catch a Joel, keep him BC. If you don't, you will never meet anyone like him. Excuse me, if dumb. I, if you were to use this in a sentence, it would be, wow, that guy is so sweet, I see why his mother named him Joel. And all of that was by, I'll slap the muck shit out of ya on the 9th of November 2019. I'll <laughs> slap the muck shit out yeah. I'm gonna keep that. That's a saying I'm, log <laughs> I'm logging up here. I'll, yeah, I'll slap the most shit out of you. I mean, the only thing I would have to say about that is I am not laid back. No. I am very high maintenance <laughs> and I am crazy. And that is the meaning of Joel. <laughs> <laughs> but what's the meaning of Billy Ray? According to SheKnows.com, nothing. According to BabyNames.com, nothing. Because Billy Ray isn't a name on those. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, could you not look at what Billy and Ray mean and then smush it together? Yes, but I shouldn't have to. No, you shouldn't have And to. according to Urban Dictionary, the top result for Billy Ray was the style of mullet worn by Billy... Well, actually, it says the style of mullet worm by Billy Ray Cyrus. 
Oh, of course. Of course, it always leads back to Billy Ray Cyrus for you. Indeed. So if you were to use this in a sentence, it, well, this is a conversation. And it goes as follows. The barber says, are you sure you want the Billy Ray? And the customer points to hair and whistles, just do your job, Mel. <laughs> <laughs> and that was posted by Kozar on the 10th of April 2005. Yeah, Mel, I'll slap the shit out of you. Just do your job. And that's all the trivia I have. Oh, cool. Okay. So let's get started with the episode. So previously on Desperate Housewives... Adam left Catherine and Wayne has returned and found out that Dylan isn't his child. Gabby and Carlos are working with the police to get Ellie and her drug supplier. And Kayla's plans to destroy Lynette have finally started as she has accused her of abuse. Mm. Those are basically the important shit. So we are going to start with Bree's storyline because it doesn't really have much to do with the overall story. I mean, yeah, there's not much there for Brie this episode. No. So uh, we start with Brie at church and we meet a new reverend, Michael Green. Apparently he's been in North Korea doing what Christians do and forcing their religion onto other religions. Sneaking around <laughs> in horse manure or something, delivering Bibles yeah, secretly. Yeah, like delivering Bibles or some shit. So it's, whatever it is, I'm sure it's deemed by gods to be their work yeah I'm whatever sure it is he's doing god's work and he gives his little speech and then orson is apparently stalking brie yeah poor brie is running into him everywhere she goes yeah she's like just stop following me i even saw you at my nail salon there's nothing wrong with a guy getting a good manicure pedicure whatever <laughs> and there isn't anything wrong with men and men getting manicures and pedicures a mani pedi no. a mani pedi for all so she hugs the reverend and asks him in petty fashion to be like do not give that man peace yeah i didn't do any trivia on this guy which is weird because i don't know I, I always do that for the guests sorry man yeah and there is a guest in here which i know is in something else oh okay sorry about it we'll, we'll get we'll get to that <laughs> but god this guy is really creepy in this episode it turns out and real his, creepy his vibes were not the one at the end mm-hmm it's just some people will disguise who they are under the guise of Christianity or religion and think, oh, I'm religious, I'm pious, I'm nice. Yeah. But you know what? Then you get guys like this. Mm-mm. No, ma'am. I'm sorry if this is triggering to anyone to hear it, but he basically tried to rape her in the car. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Mm. Pretty much. So, I mean, it starts off nice. They agree to go out for dinner. Bree's obviously got history with this man. Because at dinner, she's like, oh, I've missed you. And not to disrespect the other reverend, but I prefer your muscular brand of Christianity. Yeah, did she not realise that was flirting? (laughs) Yeah. So they seem to gel on their failed marriages and Orson sees Brie out to dinner. He just happens to be coming to Scarvo's. Yeah, because they go to Scarvo's for dinner because apparently that's the only restaurant around now i did write a note about that i was like scarbo's it's nice to help out a friend but it doesn't really seem like brie's kind of restaurant so i was surprised when i realized where she was yeah but... yeah yeah brie's more fine dining maybe the guy I just get. wants pizza maybe he's been in north korea he yeah. probably just wants pizza like he wants some classic american italian cuisine <laughs> american italian yeah italian american sorry okay. it should be the other way around shouldn't it no no it's, i mean it, no i was just laughing because you put american in there <laughs> well, well but yeah i get what you mean yeah and brie is really sneaky in this scene because she sees orson and she's like oh my ex can we just get rid of him hold my hand and that isn't the kind of thing i would expect from brie I'm not surprised by it. Are you not? No, we've I'm seen quite... Brie get petty. We've seen Brie be nasty. We've seen these things from Brie. Yeah, but for Brie to, to get another guy to go out of his way to make someone else feel like... It, just, it didn't feel like very Brie attitude. No, I get you. But it, it did get rid of Orson. He did leave. He did leave. Poor old Orson just wants a meal. But it's just the later bit that I'm referring to when they're in the car. Yes. And he's on the really, way home. He's trying it on. And by the way, when I said that she was flirting, flirting does not give you an in. No, no, flirting does not give you consent. Yeah, flirting's just flirting. So when he comes on to her, 
and he gets rejected by her. Yeah. And then he's like, if I took no for an answer in North Korea, blah, blah, blah. And he just goes in. And he I does. thought, and well, he... do you know what happens when you don't take no for an answer when someone says no and you go in anyway? It's called rape. Yeah. And he puts this all down to Brie taking his hand. Yeah. He tries he was to like... emotionally manipulate her as well. He was like, oh, don't you say you didn't feel it as well when you took my hand in the restaurant and there's always been chemistry with us ever since. And then he named something historical between the two of them. Emotional Manipulation. manipulation manipulation awful so the next service comes up the next day and apparently the reverend has changed the service at the last minute because of some flame-haired jezebel in our midst as <laughs> someone says to orson <laughs> <laughs> so orson still has feelings for brie and he goes to defend her honor and then they have a little bit of a fight in the back room orson and reverend green and they like hit the the speakers and then all of a sudden the entire church hears what they're arguing about and Orson name drops Bree to the entire church. But that when um when they could hear the conversation, he's like when they were saying that he won't let him defile this woman's name or something. Oh yeah. And then that woman in the aisle next to Bree is like, I wonder who they're talking about. <laughs> and then they're like, that flame haired woman and Bree's like, I've got no idea. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> so Bree ends up running into the office after her name drop and humiliation and she finds that Orson's been knocked out by the very violent priest and then Orson's taken to hospital and Brie comes to pick him up and then she tells the nurse that she's his wife and then she sort of lets him rest and then goes to leave. I think it was sweet the way that she was looking at him. I thought, oh, I think maybe she might want him back, maybe? Yeah, I think it's kind of like that. Oh, he was really heroic in this. He was defending my honour. Yeah, he defended her honour. That was sweet. Mm. That yeah, was that her was, whole story. That was Brie's whole story. It was kind of... um. It didn't really add anything to the overall arc of the season. Yeah, it was wet lettuce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now we move on to Susan's storyline. And this one's a fun one. I mean, this is where the names come into it. Yeah, so I, I think Susan has a really, probably quite a relatable storyline. Yeah, Obviously I think so. over, over-dramatised for Desperate Housewife television purposes. But I think every new parent has that moment of... Oh my god, what to name the child? Because this is something that child has to grow up with for the rest of their life. It's such an important decision. Yeah, I'm surprised that Susan and Mike hadn't already been thinking about this, but I guess that mm. some parents want to see the child first and then decide, which yeah. makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. And I guess an awful lot of parents do argue quite considerably about the names. Luckily, me and B already have the names. Yes, we do. We're not going to say them here, though. No, we're not <laughs> going to say them here. But me and B already have the names. We've, we've settled on this. I've had this name for years. Uh, so yeah, Susan and Mike are discussing names, so they go through Philip, Mitchum, they they discuss some weird names. Mitchum. Mitchum, Unitas was another one. Oh, I think he was taking the P at that point. Oh, okay, maybe. 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 They settle on Riley. Well, they don't settle on Riley. At first. <laughs> because... <laughs> um, and a newspaper article ruins it. Yeah. And so then they hear Connor over the tannoy, and Susan gets this whole image of her son being a doctor. I know, and so Dr. They name Connor him... Delfino. Yeah, they name him Connor. So, despite the fact that they settled on Connor, Mike's grandfather then dies, and he wants to name their son after the dead grandfather. Oh, I know. They spent so long trying to decide on names. They finally settled, and then Mike comes in all like, no, I want to change it to Maynard. Yeah, well, Susan agrees at first, thinking it was James. Yeah. Because most people have two grandparents. And naturally, she's like, oh, obviously it's James. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, I mean, James wouldn't be my first pick, and then Mike drops the Maynard bomb. Oh, no, not him. Maynard. A beautiful so, southern name. Right, what, Mike, Mike? Mike thinks it's great, and then Susan literally regrets agreeing to anything. Well, Susan, you married a southerner. You have to take on board his quirks. Yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful southern name. Maynard. Maynard, it's yeah. It's such a... Maynard. Isn't that a brand or something? Maybe. It sounds like a mayonnaise. Maynard. They are a brand. What do they do? Wine gums. 
Oh yeah, Maynard's wine gums. Yeah, in the UK you can't anyway. Be named after a brand. Wine gums also a vile. Oh, I like wine. Well, I used to like wine gums. I can't stand wine gums. Horrible. So yeah, unfortunately for Susan, Maynard is now the name of her son. <laughs> yeah, because she can't just be like, no, it's ugly. Yeah, it's a terrible name. I'm Even sorry. though I would. Yeah, I know you would, but that's because you have no filter and no care for other people's feelings. That is not true. If someone said, I want to name the kid after my granddad Maynard as, you know, in his honour, I'd be like, maybe as a middle name. Yeah, <laughs> but you can put it like that. Like, um, maybe it works more as a middle name. But then if they're like, no, the first name, I want to honour him properly. I'd be like, no, I'm not calling my son Maynard. But there's ways to word it. <laughs> yes. There's ways to word it. You don't be like, that name is fucking hideous. No. <laughs> I didn't say that. That, that, no, but that was your mouth. No, but that was your face. That was your face. <laughs> <laughs> Just because the listeners can't see your face doesn't mean I can't. Look, the listeners are agreeing with me, okay? No, they are not. So the girls meet Maynard. Look, if you want our son to be named after the Wine Gums Company that bad, you can have it. No, I don't want them named after the Wine Gums Company. Well, I'm in charge of the boy's name, you said, so... I didn't say that. So the girls are meeting Maynard for the first time and they sort of recoil at the name and Susan isn't really sure what to do, but the girls convince her to think about her son's future and stop it before it's too late and we have a clip. Well then appeal to a sense of reason because the name Maynard doesn't go with the name Delfino. One is German and the other is Italian and we all know what happens when those folks get together. Well, I'm not sure that the World War II argument is going to fly. Come on, you have to do something. I mean, that name is practically abusive. Yeah, think about your son. People live up to the names they're given. If my parents hadn't named me Gabrielle, who knows if I'd be this pretty? I guess that's why they didn't name you Einstein. So sarcastic. But what would you expect from a Lynette? <laughs> what? If your name is Francesca, you wouldn't have time for sarcasm. You'd be too busy having sex on a Vespa. It's so, like, Bree's World War II joke so intelligent yeah that was a good joke especially for desperate housewife standards yeah right where the jokes are so simple and punchy that anyone can get them but you know it's funny because of that reason mm. and gabby's whole brief quick sum up of names in her one little monologue <laughs> yeah and then so and that's where we get the whole name theme yeah for not just the mainland stuff but we get you know more names and such and um names have connotations as a lot of really snobby awful british people like to think as well yeah they do and let's katie face hopkins. it an awful mm-hmm, katie bloody hopkins i would never name my child after a place name <laughs> isn't your child called india <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes but it's not related to a geographical location ah uh, tv history guys <laughs> absolute tv gold but most people especially I, I think worldwide really but obviously i can only speak for the brits find that they get bullied a lot for their name you don't like say. when you go when you i mean especially you i imagine you probably got quite a lot of sarcastic comments about billy ray cyrus and i still do like it's that. not kids it's everyone mm-hmm. do you think that any adult coming up to me saying who oh, hell's miley thinks they're so original because they do <laughs> how's miley so I got I got bullied an awful lot with Joel the Mole. <laughs> Joel the Mole? Joel the Mole. That's and rubbish. It is rubbish, but when you're an eight-year-old kid and you've just gone to your first drama class and everyone at that drama class then calls you Joel the Mole for the next five years. Oh, God. Because one stupid idiot called you Joel the Mole and then everyone was like, ha, ah, Joel the Mole. So lazy. To the point where I was there at a drama class getting bullied by all the other fucking nerds at drama class. I'm like, bitch, you're nerds too. You're here at drama class. How many friends do you have? If it helps, a lot of mine weren't very creative either. You know, no. Billy Gay, <laughs> Billy Gay, Lily May. What? You know, 
because it's a girl's name, so it's funny. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> oh, ha, ha, ha. Funny. Billy Gay, Lily May. Oh, oh, funny. So most people do get bullied an awful lot for their names. And I also imagine that nowadays, anyone that's called Karen probably gets it quite a lot. Yeah, Karen's a name that's going extinct. Yeah, I mean, Karen is going extinct. But all those people that were called Karen before it started going extinct and they're now growing up with that name, like Karen's just one that comes off the, off the top of my head. But people get bullied a lot for their name, so it is very important for parents. I now get William Raymond, but I think it's more endearing. I think it's more endearing. Yeah. I don't think William Raymond would have suited you as a kid, but as you grow older, your name grows as well. Uh, so anyway, Susan can't get over the Maynard name, and so she goes behind Mike's back to ask to change it, because when doesn't Susan try and go behind Mike's back? Yeah, no, this probably wouldn't happen in real life, but it's TV, no, it it's drama, and instead of just sorting out the problem by, well, being like me, and saying we're not having his first name as Maynard, mm. no, it's not happening, because I, too nice. I gave birth to him, that would have been my line. She'd rather go behind his back, which is really awful, but I can't blame her for doing this. No, I can't. And this secretly, scene... like, trying to get his first name changed. This scene is also great, because she goes up and she meets with Vanessa. You're called Vanessa. Right. What a, it's a beautiful name. Vanessa's not having it. If Mike's not there, name's not changing, and then Susan notices that there's someone called Griselda. <laughs> she scored like, big time. And so Susan's <laughs> like, cha-ching, I'm in. Right. Griselda, that must have been a tough name. Speaking of tough names. Yeah, it was. <laughs> How did you know? <laughs> so Susan manages to change the name back to Connor. Yes, fair enough. I mean, I wouldn't let it get to this point, but somehow Susan did, but I would also do what Susan did if, if that happened to me. Yeah. Last day, Nurse turns up with balloons saying Connor, um, and it all comes out that Susan changed the name behind Mike's back, and she's like popping the balloons before Mike sees them, but it's too late. Yeah, she's like, you can't bring those in here, and the nurse is like, why not? My husband was molested by a clown. Yeah, that was a choice, Susan. That, that was line. a real choice. And then that poor nurse, I had to stand there and be like, I'm so sorry, sir, we didn't know about the clown. And Mike's like, what, the, <laughs> what is she talking about? What is happening here? So eventually, Mike manages to convince Susan to keep the name Maynard by sort of explaining the stuff that his grandfather did like starting the first integrated school in tennessee after susan kind of bullies the nurse out of the room yeah and she's like i don't like the name maynard really? no, she, no actually I... she said i hate the name maynard really i think it's quite nice get out <laughs> <laughs> that poor nurse so uh, that is essentially susan's storyline they changed the name back to maynard yeah which um was a choice but susan's maynard mural at the end on the bedroom wall that she's painting looks really nice it does look really nice i would buy a book with susan's illustrations i would she's very talented yeah so from what we've seen anyway next time i do trivia i might try and look up who did all of susan's artwork for this show oh good idea the next time you do trivia will be the season five episode one i know so you guys won't hear that in ages no i know right <laughs> So anyway, moving on to Gabby's storyline now. And in Gabby's storyline, we have a little guest spot for Roy, who I remember as co-starring alongside Melissa McCarthy in the Mike and Molly TV series. Yes. I recognised that this morning when I was re-watching the episode and I was like, hang on a minute, that was Mike from Mike and Molly. So uh, Melissa McCarthy in her heyday. <laughs> or in, in the start of her career, really, not heyday. His character's awful in this. His character is awful. Gabby is monitoring the work of Roy. As soon as Ellie leaves the house, they run up to her room to bug it because he's not really a handyman, but he's a cop. Yeah. And then Ellie walks in on them whilst they're in there, so Gabby jumps on him to make it seem like she's having an affair. Hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Quick thinking on Gabby's part, very quick 
to just sort of hear Ellie's door going and then she just pounces on Roy. Doesn't surprise me. It's a very Gabby thing to do. It is a very Panic Gabby thing to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Think, yeah. think after. But, but also, it they're, works. They're it... bugging the whole house. Yeah. So she's going to need to stop hitting Carlos so much. She is going to need to stop hitting Carlos. I mean, in all fairness, she has said that she's been doing that a lot less lately. Yeah. But and I don't think doing... I'm getting credit for it. <laughs> she's still doing it too much for recordings. And it's, this is a terrible lie. And any normal person, I don't think, would really believe this. What, that she's hooking up with That she's guy. hooking up with Roy. But Ellie seems to fall for it, and power to her, I guess. Yeah, I mean, um, fair enough. But the way that this officer was so disgusting, and he was talking about how, oh, she's going to have to get used to lesbian prison show oh, sex yeah. or something. It won't be long before she feels a little girl-on-girl action. Ugh, gross. And then at Gabby, at the very end, when they leave Ellie's room, slaps Roy because he stuck his tongue in her mouth. Ellie's room's quite nice. Ellie's I don't think room. I've seen this room before. We have been in Ellie's room before. Have we? Yeah. Other than... The, other than. Well, I'm guessing it would have been Chamay's room. Yeah, Back maybe. when Chamay was a thing. Oh, yeah, of course. It's, um, but yeah, it's a nice room. It is a very nice room. Uh, so later on, Ellie's mad at Gabby for cheating and confused as to why she's cheating with Roy, of all people. And Gabby tries to explain why, but... Um, yeah, maintenance mound... Once he gets in, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, like, yeah it, it makes sense. It's not really working for me, that explanation. Like, he knows what he can do with his hands. But, you know, ever since Carlos has gone blind, all of his other senses are heightened. And if he happened to catch a whiff of Roy. Yeah, I know. Um, but that kind of makes it even funnier that she's trying to pretend that she's having an affair with this guy who she thinks is smelly. Yeah, but Ellie, again, <laughs> still falls for it. And she can't keep, she can't really keep the secret any longer. And she does rat on Gabby to Carlos. Oh yeah, which um, is great, and it provides some great humour. It really does. She tells Carlos that Gabby's a cheating whore, basically. Yeah. And then later that day, Gabby comes home, and Carlos calls her out. Yeah. Hey, sweetie. Hey, whore. <laughs> <laughs> He's so oblivious. So um, we yeah we have a clip. That was the cop. Ellie caught us putting the bug in her room. That was just an excuse we used as a cover. And you expect me to believe that? I got news for you, Carlos. You're blind. You don't have a choice anymore. You have to believe what I tell you. Just like when I hand you the deodorant, you have to believe it's not oven cleaner. I know it's not fair. I know it gives me absolute power. But tough. You're screwed. Deal with it. Are we good? Okay. Thank you. Now, please, I just lost a friend. Stop being so insensitive. Please, I just lost a friend. You know, what's funny about this scene as well is when he says that Ellie told him about her cheating. She's so mad. She's like, oh, that bitch. I will have to have a chat with her. Yeah, she, and it she, doesn't even click with her that he thinks that he, she's actually cheating. She's just like, oh, God, that is so annoying. She's literally like, that bitch. And Carlos well, is thanks for so, telling me. <laughs> and Carlos is so oblivious. Because he doesn't even, in his head, he doesn't even think maybe she lied because of the police officer. He's just like, well, that's such a Gabby thing to do. Well, it is a <laughs> it, Gabby it thing does, to do. It, ju- it does show that there's some slight lack of trust there still. Yeah, like Gabby explains the true story, which is more believable <laughs> yeah. than the fake story that she's giving Ellie. And then she's like absolutely devoted that she's lost a friend. Oh, get over the friend thing, honestly. <laughs> but the actor that played Ellie was, was very good. I liked this backstory mm. that she gives Gabby later on. When she's saying, you shouldn't cheat, I know how cheating affects people because one of my parents cheated on the other and then dad left and mum went crazy or something. Yeah, so basically her mum had an affair on her dad, the dad found out and left them and then the mum kind of just lost it from there. And so Ellie ran away from home and she had to do an awful lot of stuff to, to survive, which gives us a little bit more depth into Ellie's character and why she is a drug dealer. It explains why she brought Gabby Mother's Day flowers and when she said that she doesn't have a relationship with her parents anymore. Yeah. But it also brings up some nice moral questions. You know, Ellie's done some awful things, so doesn't she deserve our sympathy? 
even though yeah. she's a criminal. Yeah, she she is a criminal. So I guess it's it's kind of the things that Gabby's thinking about at the moment. Like, yeah, she's doing awful things, but is that just because that's the way society is? And yes. she's she's been forced into this situation in order to survive, and now she's having to pay the price, unfortunately, which is why when the supplier turns up, the, the one that the police are after, they call Gabby, and Gabby gives Ellie a heads up and hugs her and tells her to run because the police are coming. That was and really Ellie brave of Gabby away. as well. It was, especially considering that they've bugged the whole house. Yeah, so they could have picked up on her doing that, so they that was really brave of her. Yeah, I think it was a really good topic for them to touch on, and I do wish they'd They'd explored it more. I think it was a nice ending to that particular story for now. Yeah. Very nice. It showed Gabby's more heartfelt side as well. Yeah, her more motherly side we got to see from Gabby. Yeah. That finishes Gabby's storyline. And we move on to Lynette's next. Oof. Which, we actually, we start the episode by seeing a montage of bad parenting from Lynette. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't really see any of that as too bad a parenting except for giving syrup. the kids cough syrup yeah. that I draw a line under but the others are just creative even though I have to say I probably would have done the same thing sometimes you just want to finish a book so Lynette is trying to make it up to Kayla for slapping her in the middle of a store by making some waffles. crappy waffles yeah <laughs> that's she's not like, gonna get me Kayla likes waffles so I'm making her waffles to make her feel better but mm. Kayla's no fool and uh, that is when social services turn up thanks to Kayla's comments to Dr. Dolan. Yeah. And they come with receipts. That's what I'm going to say. They literally are like, so we, um, we've we got a call that you slapped Kayla repeatedly. And we actually have uh, surveillance footage of you slapping a young girl in the face. And we assume that's Kayla. And they literally come with receipts, girl. I know. They walked in and I was like, oh, these women are annoying. I know they're just doing their jobs. And no one sees Lynette's side of the story. And everything has looked really damning for Lynette so far. So I get it. But I also was just like, oh, God, enough of your attitude, ladies. Yeah, well, everything <laughs> has looked damning. They've seen the surveillance tape. They've got the phone call from Kayla. And then they literally opened the door to Lynette saying, Porter, stop throwing that w- waffle on the floor because I'm still going to make you eat it. Yeah. But in, all, in her defense, she did say it's clean it's a clean floor she keeps it very clean (laughs) but also i did like when she said repeatedly (laughs) we we heard you've been slapping her repeatedly (laughs) very bianca del rio yeah what do you do successfully quickly (laughs) so lynette's hands are tied and she sort of has to let them in really based on based on the information that they are giving her oh this is a tough storyline it is a really tough storyline so cps are now doing an investigation into lynette speaking with teachers and neighbors and Lynette then starts to panic when she finds out that they could take the rest of her children away. It's a good thing that Edie left the lane, because if she was still here, she could say some terrible things about Lynette after what happened in the past episode. Yeah, she really could have. So they advise Lynette to maybe just let Tom handle the kids for a while, because any more slip-ups could cause her to lose custody of all of her kids. And this is what Kayla hears. Mm. And so she goes straight to the bathroom to curl her hair because <laughs> she's there like oh i'm getting lynette so i gotta look fierce when i get lynette so she's there with the hair color <laughs> shame if it slipped <laughs> oops kayla is literally insane she's in this moment so- causing herself physical harm Isn't to get like someone else sociopathic no it's psychotic Psych- psychotic that's the one i always forget which it's one. actually insane yeah and you know, when they arrest Lynette later, it's so hard not to just shout, look at her, she's in the, smiling, you can see her. In the window, yeah. But that so, wouldn't make you look any better, that would just make you look a bit crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, this girl's out to get me, and they're like, ma'am, get in the car. Ma'am. Uh, so yeah, Lynette comes home from the co- hospital, assuming that that was the whole name discussion at the hospital. <laughs> And that's where she was. And CPS arrest her in front of the kids. And she's like, please don't arrest me in front of my children. And then the policewoman's like, you should have thought of that before you hurt one of them. Yeah. <laughs> 
that police woman's like, oh, I got my line. Yeah, she can't be within 500 feet of the children. That's so awful. No, so she's carted off and at the police station, she's waiting to be bailed out. Tom is happy sitting on the fence. Yeah, that is getting on my nerves. And Lynette is right here. And yeah. she's like, you have to do something. Fix this. She is. She drops some truth on Tom's ass and telling him he has to grow some balls and man up. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, Tom, fix this. Yeah. Nora and Kayla are your family. Like, you're the one that kind of brought them into this life. Yeah, I know. So he now needs to sort Kayla out. And I'm, I will say, what Tom does is genius. Oh, yeah. Like, like the fierce. Cle- such clever trickery on Abs- Kayla here. Absolute fierceness. This is a scene taken straight out of Mean Girls. I'm telling you that right now. This is some Mean Girl shit. When I first watched this, I was so gagged that he was recording her. I know. I, I, know. Like, I didn't I, know that was coming. I, I remember this being one of the scenes where I wasn't actually watching TV. I was watching B to see his reaction for what <laughs> happened because I knew what was coming. I'd seen Desperate Housewives so brilliant times by this point. So I was watching B's reaction. <laughs> yeah, when he's having that conversation, he's like, well, Lynette's going to come home eventually and then you're going to go. Yeah. Because Lynette lives here. <laughs> and she's like, okay, I lied. I lied, I'm a liar. And then he just grabs the phone and he's like, did you get that, Dr. Dillon? <laughs> did you catch that, guys? So Lynette's story ends with, no- I'm assuming Nora's parents... Maybe. Because we've not seen them before, and we've seen Tom's dad, and we've seen Lynette's mum, and so Nora's parents, I'm going to say, arrive to take Kayla with them, and Tom promises to visit, which is utter lies. At least off camera. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. And Lynette does apologise for how it all turns out, but Kayla's not really interested. Oh yeah, she's such a little psycho. She was. Like, she's Lynette like, you're like, not sorry. I'm really sorry. And she's like, no, you're not. Um, Kayla, you started it. Okay. Kay- Kayla's there like, <laughs> you don't love me. <laughs> but my heart absolutely breaks for Tom in this scene. They drive off and like Kayla sits there and then she turns around and she's like crying and yelling I'm sorry to her dad. It's like the realisation of all of her mistakes that she's made so far have come crashing down on her. Mm. Oh, poor Tom. And so, then Lynette just in the background like, oh God, this is awful. Yeah, and how's this going to affect their marriage now? So that ends Lynette's storyline and it ends Kayla's storyline as well. So yeah, as I said in the trivia for the whole series. Thank you, Rachel J. Fox, because your performance as Kayla was phenomenal. Oh yeah, top, one of the top three villains. Yeah. And now we move on to the last story of the episode, which is Catherine's. I'm only ending it because Catherine's story ends quite thematically to the next episode it links very much yes so wayne enters Catherine's place uninvited and basically threatens her and he's like dude this is why they're called crimes of opportunity kathy i love that wayne is kind of starting to ask questions that the audience has where yeah. he's like, you know, who is she? Like, why doesn't she have the scars from when she was little? And I was like, yeah, me too, Wayne. Yeah, Catherine has her excuse ready for him, though. Mm. She's like, oh, well, in Chicago, I took her to a plastic surgeon. <laughs> so... How much money do you have? Right? Excuse doesn't convince Wayne. And he goes to invade Catherine's personal space. And Bob and Lee turn up miraculously yeah. to save Saved Catherine. by the gays. Yeah. Apparently their caterers dropped out. And so they've asked Catherine and Bree to cater. Yeah, they said they were having a... Commitment ceremony. Yeah, and I was like, are you? When did this come up? When did this come up? This was never mentioned. It, it was kind of to the point where I was like, sorry, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> this is the problem with having two neighbours of the season when only, you're only focusing on one of them. Yeah. Because Bob and Lee, I'm like, I'm sorry, but you guys have been done day. I don't know who you are. I don't know what's going on here. So we cut to Catherine and Brie at the shooting range discussing the commitment ceremony and their sort of options. And Catherine admits she feels uneasy with Adam gone. And I so she wants scene. to handle an intruder. I think this scene is fantastic. It's so nice to see Brie and Catherine finally being friends because they're so similar. And so they're bonding over guns and shit. Yeah, and Brie... They're shooting targets while shooting the shit. Brie know? gives Catherine some fierce self-defense information although i am against guns and i believe the u.s needs much much stricter gun control this was fierce information well especially when she was yeah she's like you can use these bullets they'll 
destroy him from the inside. And I thought, that's insane. Yeah. Why do you have access to guns like that? She's literally like, oh, you really want to do damage? Try hollow points. And then she's so, like, sultry when she explains it as well. It's like she's turning herself on with this gun knowledge. Yeah, because this, this is her subject. Yeah. And Catherine's like, that's exactly what I need. So... Adam's turned up to Catherine's to speak to her about Wayne's return and he wants to come back and help protect them both and he's going to use his trip that he promised to Dylan to take him away on holiday and maybe not return. Wasn't it adorable when he was like, maybe I'll go pay Wayne a visit and scare him off? Oh, <laughs> I bless him. I was like, okay, Adam. Sure, Adam. And then Dylan's finishing up act one of her recital and Adam goes to check his phone and this is when Wayne comes along but the only problem is Adam doesn't know what Wayne looks like. Yeah, he's never seen Wayne. He doesn't even know what he, Yeah, like you say, he doesn't know what he looks like. That's such a problem. Can you help me change my tire? Yeah, Wayne asks for his help and attacks Adam, knocking him unconscious and throws him into the boot. Yeah, sorry, Adam. So um, that is essentially the end of the episode. So ending has Mary Alice talking about names again, which obviously is the theme of the episode. And we see Susan painting her son's name on his bedroom wall. Kayla looking sad in the back of a car. Good. Ellie wandering the streets alone. Reverend Green looking sad and depressed and awesome feeling lonely. And we end with Adam tied to a chair with Wayne pretty much looking like he's getting ready to torture him. Yeah, this story got, got really scary in the end. Just him being strapped to a chair in some wherever they were yeah it really ramped up to 100 quite quickly (laughs) oh damn we're getting gonna get some torture and shit yeah scary so if that's the end of the episode i guess we will move on to our next segment where joel's gonna give us the gayest and straightest moment so joel what do you have for the gayest moment so my award for gayest moment goes to tom for screwing Kayla over with a phone call. <laughs> it was very Mean Girls, wasn't it? It was very Mean Girls. It's like that scene in Mean Girls where she's like, see, I told you she doesn't think you like attention. I can't believe you think I like attention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then what do you have for the straightest moment? So my award for straightest moment... <laughs> ...goes to Roy for using his tongue to violate Gabby's mouth, and also for his excitement at girl-on-girl action in Lady Prisons. Yeah, um... It just screamed heteronormity. Yeah, it's it's very heteronormative when you see someone, and in the first five minutes, you already know what one they watch. Yeah, and they're (laughs) like, oh, yeah, Lady Skug is girl-on-girl action, oh, yeah. So, yeah, those are my awards, and now we move on to B's awards for Best and Worst Parents. So, B, who do you have for the best parent? My award for... Best parent of the episode. I gave this to Lynette for keeping her floors very clean. So clean (laughs) that her kids could eat off of them if necessary, apparently. Oh my god. So, good job, Lynette. Well done, Lynette. And who do you have for the worst parent of the episode? My award for... Worst parent of the episode. Could have gone to a number of people. Mm. So congratulations to Mike for wanting to name his baby... Maynard. He was just wanting to honour his grandfather. And succeeding, actually. Because his kid's name is now Maynard. That's going to stick with him for his whole life, as names do. So he won Worst Parent. So if anyone has any comments, queries, questions and theories, where can they find us, Joel? You can find us on Instagram at Boyfriends Review, and you can find us on Twitter at BFS Review. We also have email, which is boyfriendsreview at outlook.com. And our artwork is done by our friend Louis, who you can find on Instagram at design. And there's also a link to his Etsy page where he does commissions. Join us next week when we'll be back in your ear holes with Season 4, Episode 17, Free. We'll see you then, guys. Goodbye, guys. Bye. <laughs>